Well, of course I know him. He's me. All right, hello, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. My name's Roger Heathers. With me, as always, is my co-host Declan Kitchener. How are you, Declan? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Um, we're actually back for a roundup episode this week, so no more songwriting for us. Not for we... a little bit, anyway. That sounds like <laughs> what celebrating not having to write songs, yeah. even though it's our favourite We've got thing. our lives back! <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, it's great, isn't it, to write songs and have a big batch of songs to talk about and to play and work on, but when you're done, you've got to admit it's a relief, haven't you? <laughs> well, it's the pressure of doing it every single week, that's... Uh, it basically every time we agree okay we're gonna start the season up again now you instantly feel like this big like weight on the back of your spine it's just like oh dear the dread (laughs) the dread oh horror oh the humanity for anyone who's um a relatively new listener to the show i want to clarify that we're not going anywhere permanently but what we tend to do isn't it we uh we write for seven weeks at a time but with seven come up with seven songs each and then we use this eighth episode of each season to uh to round up talk about you know um the songs we've written basically Mm. and so this is the basically the last episode of season nine but we have we have a couple potential ideas for things between seasons nine and ten and season ten should be back uh the tail end of this year so jesus christ ten seasons how do we manage this I know. It's weird. <laughs> well, we'll be in Simpsons territory soon. <laughs> what, like season 30, like whatever they're on now? Yeah, season we'll just 30 have, something. Everyone in the comments will just be like, this show should have ended years ago. <laughs> yeah. Although the only thing is the writers won't change because it's just you and I and our inane ramblings. <laughs> this show really should have ended a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, what we have... um. To start off the show uh, today, rather than, because like I say, we're, we're done writing now for the time being, unless we want to write our, in our own time, uh, what we decided to do, and you'll notice if you listened last week, is we thought we'd take the chords to um, a Beatles song, um, and we would just uh, play those chords, but come up with a new lyric and a new melody on top of those chords. And the song we chose was, and here's a clip, Sexy Sadie from the White Album. Yes, we are continuing in the grand old tradition inaugurated by Radiohead. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, and uh, it, let's just be honest, it was really hard and, you know, it was a I challenge. I stopped taking it seriously after a second. <laughs> yeah, so I got to about the, the first verse and I thought... Okay, right. That's this is. I'll just finish it. You know what I mean. Um, but well, the thing is, this is going to sort of jump ahead a little bit. But the thing is, we chose "Sexy Sadie" because we thought, okay, that's a really that's a relatively neutral chord sequence. Like the backing isn't like as signature to the song as some other Beatles songs, like for example, like "I Feel Fine" or "Ticket to Ride" or things like that. Mm. And you still were struggling. I don't know if this is the case for you, but you were still struggling not to go. Sexy Sadie, look what you've done. You made a fool. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, it became so, you know, obviously clear very quickly that those chords 
were meant for sexy Sadie. They weren't meant for anything else. You know, that <laughs> that song is very good as it is, and we shouldn't touch it, but it's that non-diatonic F sharp, that's what does it. Oh, it is. I mean, just all the little movements. I found myself trying to come up with melodies here and there, and I, it would change chord, and I'd just sing the sexy Sadie melody, but with my own lyrics. It was a nightmare. But you get to hear this nightmare live on the Weekly Song Podcast. And Aren't you lucky? We, we take it in turns to go first, and Declan, it's your turn to go first this week, so we'll take a listen to your song. Uh, tell us about it. What's it called? Um, I don't want to dignify it with a name. Let's just get this <laughs> over with. Can we share what your file name was called? Yes, we can. Go on. I, you say. Oh, I need to find it on my desktop a second. I think I may have already deleted it. <laughs> God, you really want rid of this, I can tell. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It, uh, the file is called One of Ruined Sadie Coming Up. <laughs> That's funny. I laughed at that because it's like a fry cook saying that. Okay, so... Um, so let's take a listen, shall we? I gotta see where my head is screwed on straight And where my mouth can dare to talk Gotta leave, gotta get my process right Get out of the tunnel and into the light Maybe I know she's fine, not fine Not always waste my wallowing nights Thinking to wait I gotta see when we both have nothing planned And I've assembled all my words Let's assemble you and me so we can see reality We've long as this absurdity Gathered these words and set them free On what we understand I got a feeling that I got you believing all these lines that I'm reeling all the time You got me believing that you don't see a reason why I'm not always feeling that fine Oh, oh. I should have met you when I first off worked it out But I didn't, here we are so I hit a compromise, it allowed me to watch myself in every line. Isn't it funny how fast I'm flies? And though I'm always on your side, checking out. I guess I'll see you when my head is screwed on straight. Who knows when that might be? Till that moment, what's in my head? Until I start sharing a scooter's dead. Get to make another plan instead. Until the moment I am dead, it's not too late. Cause I got a feeling that I got you believing all these lines that I'm reeling all the time You got me believing that you don't see a reason why I'm not always feeling that fine Oh, oh. I'm checking out Okay, so that was uh, that was Declan's version of uh, "Sexy Sadie." Same chords, but new lyric and melody. Uh, tell us about it. How do you how do you feel it came out? Um, I I I, I feel it shouldn't have come out. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I only laugh because I feel the same about mine. Go on. Like it's it was one of those things. I I the, was struggling to find something for it because there are so 
the way the chords move, there are so many nice spaces to sort of stop and start. And that's kind of where the original melody falls in. So you're struggling not to do that. So the way I started was actually on the bridge bit, getting the melody for that. The because what that's doing is it's the root and third of each chord as it ascends. Ah, I like this. Okay. Uh, so I thought, okay, I've got that. And then I started on the verse because there's basically only two sections to see Sadie. There's like your verse round and your bridge round. Mm. I got the first bit roughly like, uh, I want to see you when my head is screwed on straight. My mouth can dare to talk, but I sort of realised... I realised after the writing time was up, that's like that's getting dangerously close to when my legs don't work like they used to before. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but you know, this isn't a proper song, so we can sort of skirt around that. I was just thinking, like, what what else am I going to do? To sort of make this not like the original. And I thought, you know what really doesn't belong in a Beatles song. <laughs> <laughs> Rapping. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the worst person. There's a reason I don't write rap songs. Um, was that like a serious thing you were trying, or was that just like, fuck it? It's just, yeah, it's just like, I'm running out of time. This is the last thing I have. Let's not be serious with this anymore. Let's just see how embarrassing I can make this for myself. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, I didn't end up writing it out loud as well. I sort of just got like the rhythm in my head and I was just thinking like, okay, let's fit all the syllables to this. So that's why there's a few points in there. We can sort of hear certain words being said twice because I'm having to edit between takes so that I don't screw up. Right, right. (laughs) So once I had all those bits together, it's just like, ah, that will do. It's different. It's, It's very definitely not the original now. Yeah, I, I think um, obviously the sort of rap fast syllable stuff aside, um, the, the slower melodies. When I was listening to those, I was like, "It's it's it's a really good new melody instead of the old melody." Like you can still tell it comes from the same chords, of course, but your melodies in the verses, they and the choruses as well had this sort of um, new feel. I think what you said about going between was it the third and the fifth on the chorus? Uh, the root and the third. Root in the third on the chorus, yeah. I just thought that was, um, I thought that, you know, helped sculpt a new melody. So kudos for that. That's great. Well, well, the reason it's the root in the third is because the last third in that run-up is E because the last note is C. So uh, that's kind of where my voice tops out. I can push to an F or an F sharp on good days, but, like, I just thought, no, let's not not push anything. (laughs) And it also matched in with the A to A flat bit afterwards because you can stay on the E and then that's the fifth of A and take that down to an E flat or the A flat. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um... Which, is, which is kind of the interesting thing about having to write a melody for this is that we've kept the same chords in the same key, but we have different vocal ranges to John Lennon. Hmm. Like mine is a lot lower. <laughs> so like... If I was trying to cover Sexy Sadie, I'd have to take it down a few. But instead, I'm having to sort of like work out where my voice fits in the wrong key, as it were. That makes sense, yeah. And it it, it was difficult, wasn't it? Especially like learning the song, kind of going through and singing the chorus. You realise like, oh, he has a really good voice on him to be able to sing that chorus that strong. Yeah. It's, 
it's it's a good performance, the original song. Well, it's a fantastic performance because it's a Beatles song, but, you know, it sort of highlights your inadequacies, shall we say that. Right, right. Um, I imagine mine more than yours. Mine too, for sure. Big time. Um, You're a great singer. Well, um, thank you, but... Uh, I, it, again, for me, this one didn't really turn out all that well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll talk about it in a moment. But is there anything else you wanted to say about yours at all? Nope. Let's forget it exists. Let's <laughs> let us never speak of this again. God, this episode is the Star Wars Christmas. <laughs> oh no, sorry, Star Wars holiday special of the Weekly Song podcast. Yeah, well, you know that wasn't actually made for Christmas. That was made for Thanksgiving. Even worse. <laughs> Even worse. All right, uh, so here's my um, my rewrite of... Uh, why do I keep wanting to say honey pie? Sexy Sadie. And, maybe that's um, just... Maybe you've, we're going to play it and you've accidentally done honey pie instead. Oh, no. It wouldn't be the first time I've done something like that. Okay, so um, this is called I Keep Coming Back to You, and it goes like this. One, two, three, four... There's a place I used to belong to Oh, but that was long ago And so I strayed Just waiting for the day That I could lay my pillow next to you There's a place they used to call home Oh, you really gotta know I don't know how to find directions I can't see why I don't let anyone near my heart strings Every time that I wake up in the morning and I step outside I keep on coming back to you There's a time I think I remember Oh, but that was long ago And so I hide and bottle up my pride So I can lay my pillow next to you But had I ever took the time I could only wonder why I had my own agenda from the start I don't know why I won't let anyone near my heart strings Every time I wake up in the morning and I step outside I keep on coming back to you Well, I keep on coming back to you Okay. I notice you've gone mm. down the route of actually having a tune um, <laughs> A bold choice, for sure But a welcome one um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I went down the, well, okay, here's how it started. I was, um, looking for a film to watch one night before I started writing any of this. And, um, 
I couldn't, I just was looking for sci-fi this or a good drama or a good horror or something like that online. Couldn't find anything. And um, so I came up with the title, I keep coming back to Arlen because I've been watching so much King of the Hill recently. And King of the Hill, for those of you who don't know, which is all of you, I assume, because I've never said this before, King of the Hill is my favourite TV show. And um, I used to watch it all the time and I'm, I'm going through it again. Um, and so it's just a kind of funny little thing that came to my head. You know, I can't find a movie here. I can't find a movie here, 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 here. So I keep coming back to Ireland, which basically means I keep coming back to my favorite TV show. Those of you who have just heard the song, you know, you'll know that I changed it to, I keep coming back to you. And the only reason for that is because Ireland is two syllables and you is one syllable. And it just was easier to be honest. Um, you can still just imagine that you're singing to your favorite TV show though. In my mind, that's what it is. Although it isn't, because I'm, like you, I'm burning this song after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, think, I think the challenging thing was, like I said um, in, the, in the preamble, just taking a song that already exists, and that I, I love this song already, Sexy Sadie, and writing something new on top. It's like the music gods or something were going, what are you doing? You, you're not supposed to do this. It's already done. This chord progression's already kind of reached its, you know... Like, we turned a blind eye when Tom York did it, but, you know, <laughs> we really can't let any more fly through the radar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I just couldn't come up with anything. I kept on singing the Sexy Sadie melody whenever I picked up the guitar. So what I had to do, and the way I wrote this, which was challenging, but really the only way to do it, was I recorded myself playing Sexy Sadie on the acoustic guitar into my uh, computer and then recorded over that but without me singing so I just had the instrumental deleted the first track so I just had a guitar instrumental now and just ad-libbed over it um, but I would keep each ad-lib so it would kind of like build up this like stack of 10 tracks which are all doing different melodies and from that I took the strongest thread through that and then I just wrote the lyrics afterwards um if if all songs were like that, it would be a fucking pain in the ass, and I wouldn't want to do it. But but you know, I, I feel that pain. Um, so was did you just work through it in order then, or was there like a certain bit you just found click first, and then you had to go back and sort do the others? Or well, I just basically put the instrumental on a loop and just kind of sang through the entire thing, you know, I and then picked out like oh the beginning of the verse um seems to be quite a strong melody that's different enough from John Lennon's melody. And then um and then just sort of did that for each part, you know, just looped and looped and looped the whole song and eventually came up with parts that seemed to work. Cool. Um hmm. it's it's a nice melody. It's a nice melody than mine. Um, I don't know that there's much more to say, really. No, there's not really, and there's not really much more I think either of us want to say about these ones. But you know, we did it for you, folks. We, you didn't we ask said us we were going to gonna do it. <laughs> and by by God, we, we we sure did it. Um, <laughs> exactly. So we won't waste any more time on on this part here. But what we we do have, have officially jumped the shark. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Never have we abandoned an item on the show so hastily. Yeah, just like, gone, done. Right, that's it. Okay. Now, the real um, centrepiece of the show, I guess, is um, centrepiece. Um, the bit, the well, bit that's actually worth listening to. So the, the real main event of the show, I suppose, is the, um, the Woody's Roundup for season nine. We're going to talk about um, 14 songs, uh, seven by me, seven by Declan, that have been written over the past seven weeks. And uh, we're going to try and 
get in there and, and see what we think. Yep. And uh, if you want to hear like all the stories about these songs in full, uh, just head back through the season nine playlist and all these songs will be in there. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Unless you're listening on a service that isn't SoundCloud, at which point go hunting, I guess. I don't know. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for anyone who is actually listening on, on Spotify or anything like that, um, this is episodes uh, 82 through 88. So well, that's season nine. One of us is organised. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll just go right into it. Um, so Weekly Song Podcast Season 9 Roundup. Um, on week one, which was episode 82, um, you had the song The Road Beneath Us. I don't know what will happen But if it's wrong I can just drive away Yes, I, I did. Um, was this a good start to the season for you? Uh, it's, it's fair, I think. I'd probably end up rewriting the lyrics if I uh, ended up using it for something, but I do kind of like the riff and how it uh, feels under the fingers. It's very cordially, feels a bit, you know, here's another section, here's another section. What, you thought you were done with that? Here's another section. No, um, I, di- I didn't get that from it myself. I can I know what you mean now you say it, but, but it didn't scan like that to me, but... But yeah, I thought it was really good. You know, something I particularly liked about this one was the fact that the in that sort of middle section, I don't know whether it's the bridge or what, but the chords change over a pedal that stays the same. Oh, what, the no angle or a plant, that bit. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's basically, I think that's a C sharp major seventh. Uh, and then descending the bass line on that. Um and it, that's just in there to be contrary. It's just like, oh, we needed another bit. Ah, here, here we go. <laughs> Have it. Like, like uh, the fa- factory in your brain's like, no, no, we we need another bit. And you go, okay, right, we'll we'll show them one yeah. out. Oh, can't we just repeat the verse chords again? But no, it must be different. <laughs> <laughs> I like I said, I'd rewrite bits of the words, but I I like the music. I might I might end up using that for something. Who knows. Who knows? I thought that was a really good start to the season. Um, my first song on uh, week one was uh, a song called You Lied. There's no fool in me no more. I know the games you play. I've been through all these lines before. And I know what you say. Because you lied, lied, lied when you said that you love me. And you lied, lied, lied when you said we were through. It's very signature. One thing I do have to say about um, your songwriting this run, I think you've had like a very varied run and you sort of started off as you meant to go on with that. Like uh, All your songs sound like very different from each other, which is not something I think you can say for all of mine. Um, uh, so yeah, how, how's You Lied ended up uh in your head since uh the pod episode have you done anything more with it i already know the answer to this but i just want <laughs> you to say it yeah i've um i've developed it up um and got drums and uh your bass declan kitchener on it Ow. oh ho and um and yeah one, i added five, guitars and vocals one, and all sorts five. of things to it and uh yeah just developed it up and it's just a sort of um you know kind of standard country thing but with with the changes in it it allowed for 
you know, the drummer and the bassist to you to, um, to like really kind of accent those. And yeah, so I, I, it's develop, developed up and um, it's sounding pretty good, I think. Um, I've been trying this season to kind of do this thing where if I like a song, I will just try to produce it while I'm still really into it. You know what I mean? Like I'll write the song, and go, oh, I quite like that, and then just demo it and send it to to people. the drummer. You know, and yeah, send it to people and just um develop it up from there. And then so hopefully within a couple of weeks, each song is kind of like nearing you know a pretty good standard. So I thought it was an easy start for me. You lied, because um, it's. It's very sort of cowboy chords. There there are modulations and changes and stuff, but it was just sort of a good way to sort of like get my muscles, songwriting muscles, you know, flexed again, so to speak. Well, it's kind of like a very much this is a country song. And I think the last one you wrote in that mob was Daiquiri, which was a feral time ago now. God, Have yeah, you ever actually seems... done anything with Daiquiri, like properly? Um, No, I haven't. It's... I tend to go off songs quite quickly after I write them. Oh, you should do something for Daiquiri, though. But anyway, back to back to season nine. Um... Wait, you were so season five, or whatever the season was. Yeah, answers on a postcard, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of like this one. It's kind of like... Sets the tone of, like, fun breezy, we're going to try stuff out. So. Yeah, definitely. I thought I'd start on a lighter note um, for that one. Um, so on week two, which was episode 83, for those of you who are, who are playing along at home, um, Declan, you had the song I Connected You. Of the words that are flowing now are words I should remember. The words that are flowing now, they won't return to sender. I connected you. And I really like this song. I thought this was a really good one. Um, I think this is my favourite of the season. I have put... Um, I always put little stars next to my favourite ones of yours. And um, I put a little star next to this one. Um, oh, thank you. It's it's just great. It's it's fast and it's um, it's got a great melody. Well, for me, it feels very different because, like I said on the episode, it was written to sound very much like a Newton Faulkner kind of thing. And it's got that sort of very quick riff in the middle of it. It's just kind of... It feels a bit different for me. Yeah, I know but what I, you mean. Hmm. But I don't know how that is for everyone else listening at home or for you. But um, yeah, it felt a bit fresh to me. And I I, I kind of like it. I have no idea what the words are because I cannot get them to stick in my head. But then I haven't practiced it enough yet. But I do totally want to do something with this. Because um, that riff is just fun to play. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's a real like rocker, isn't it? That Actually, I, I feel a bit more as like an acoustic thing with maybe like rock behind it. So like it would be centred around the acoustic guitar. Ah, okay. So quite Newton Faulkner production then. Kind of like if you, if Newton Faulkner and Frank Turner got in a band together. That would be very <laughs> interesting, actually. I'd love to see how badly that would end. <laughs> That's the kind of thing where if I went to a festival and that was, you know, those two were playing together, I'd go, I've got to check this out. That sounds interesting. <laughs> Yeah, this will be a memory for the kids. <laughs> Speaking of playing live and what you were saying about, um, 
you know, playing this song more because it's a fun riff and everything. It raises another point that because we've recorded all of season nine um, during the COVID-19 lockdown, there hasn't been that opportunity to go out and play at open mics. So that, which is usually where we test our, well, not test, but, you know, like practice, practice up our new material in front of people. Yeah, like uh, even during the last season, if I was happy with a song, I'd try it out live in an open mic because that's sort of, it's one thing playing it in front of each other where mm. we sort of, you know, we're, we're friends. We're not going to be completely disparaging to each other, but we are going to be honest mm. compared to like, uh, you know, a pub crowd who, if they don't like something, they will not care. Yeah. So you, it's, yeah. it's kind of like a good chance to sort of try out which material fits, you know, you know, best your live performance style. Definitely. I mean, don't they say that something like um, a gig is worth 10 practices? And I think that's true in the sense that I always record my sets when I play out live so that, you know, on the way home I can listen to them and go, oh, okay, you know, that chord actually doesn't really work there. Or my melodies, um, I could go an octave lower there. And you can kind of like work out the kinks by doing that. So we've missed that, you know? Yeah. As a side note, uh, recording your own live performances and playing them back is really helpful for working out your stagecraft and working out like uh, how well you interact with an audience and what jokes work, what jokes don't, or like you know which bits of the set seem like unresponsive. And sometimes you get really surprised with the results. So like, there's a few on my SoundCloud. There's a few open mics that I've been to and my short sets which I've put up there live because, you know, it's those points where you think, oh, wow, I can actually do this. <laughs> yes, yes. And I want more people to know about it. Totally. So, yeah, when, once the world stops ending, uh, if you want to improve your live performance, literally just record your sets. You will hate what you hear, but you will learn so much. It's it, it's such a good tip. Completely agree. Um, it's something a lot of stand-up comedians do, and that's where I got the idea from to start with, because you get to detach yourself from it afterwards and go, it's cringeworthy to do, but it's so worth it for the results. But then, like, the more and more you get used to hearing your own voice, like, via either recording or, you know, by listening back to what you've done or by videoing yourself, it becomes easier to deal with. It never stops being awkward, but you can sort of deal with it easier. Yes, definitely. Um so, We've gone very off topic here. <laughs> we have, we have, but I think we're good at going off topic and then coming back. Um, so, still on week two, uh, my song this week was called "An Open Window." Do you worry that my hand might let you go? How could it be embracing every sin by sin beside you? Why would I see just you and I waiting here for love? Yes, I liked this one. I like all of yours, but like, I like this one as well. Thanks. Um, it's uh, again, it's different from from the rest. Different from you lied, certainly. Um, this feels very much like classic Roger songwriting to me. Um, this and strangeness of love, they feel very much like you may have done in the earlier seasons, but like not in terms of regression, more just like this is how I used to write. I don't know if that was conscious on your part at all or whether that's just the way things came out. Did you say plastic, Roger? Classic, Roger. <laughs> Sorry, we are on a pretty bad phone line, um, to be fair. Um, this is <laughs> this is like your um, uh, version of Rubber Soul. It's plastic, Roger. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but as far as it being like the older stuff, um, I think oh, I don't know. It, I don't know if I'm making too many connections because I'm a big fanboy. <laughs> no, but I, I think I think I think I've always kind of got the potential to write songs that are a bit more to the point. Um, but sometimes I, I I won't really go all the way there. But I think um, with a few of the ones here, um, an open window being one of them, I was able to sort of get to the point and actually kind of like have a stronger chord progression rather than trying to be overly experimental, which I think was sort of my shortcoming in season eight was I was just trying to be very experimental. Well, Whereas we're going to return to that theme later on for my songs. <laughs> I think the, <laughs> well, I, just, I just think the over overriding theme this, this season for me in my writing has been just keep it simple. Just keep it simple. Go with the first idea. The first idea is usually the best idea and just see what comes from that and kind of like trust the melody more than trying to be smart intellectually. Um, so I suppose that's kind of what I used to do and that's what I've started doing again recently to answer your question. This Of the uh, ones that you've done, this is like the first one you haven't done anything with so far. Is there a eye to do anything with it or is it just like going to sort of hang fire for a bit? Probably hang fire. I don't dislike it, but I don't like it enough. Well, the thing is like, there's kind of two different ways of liking a song. One one way is like with an open window is a great example of like I write it, I record a demo of it, we talk about it on the show, and then that's it. And and I do still like it, and I'll, I'll like it, and it'll be on a weekly song collection at some point. Um, but it it didn't really conjure up any secondary ideas, which is the way I really like to make music. Which is like you know, with like I said, with you lied, I I wrote it, demoed it, and then I just sent it to a drummer like straight away. Um, so that one will have more of a, you know, more of a development than this one. Um, but yeah, I don't know about this one. Probably just keep it as a demo, really. That's fair. And if you would like to write an email to make Roger change his mind on this, uh, <laughs> please send it into weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, make sure you use your most uh, obnoxious but loving language in the letter. So <laughs> I respond to that. <laughs> Okay, so um, on week three, which was episode 84, uh, Declan, you had the song, I Gotta Tell You To Go. If you're looking to me for answers, I gotta tell you to go. If you're looking to me for guidance, I gotta tell you to go. Still working on finding self-worth, I've gotta see what I know. Sounds selfish, but it doesn't change it, I gotta tell you to go. And oh, we're going to be singing one. the titles of all of them from now on. <laughs> I kind of realised I was singing at the beginning. I was like, okay, I've so got to tell you to go. <laughs> Very um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, that. Well, i got to tell you to go. But um, that is great. I mean, you've got to do something with this and put it on some kind of punk EP or uh, something. It's definitely going to be used for something. I'm debating... Uh, where it will end up but it will end up on something one day it's just simple short but I was trying to actually sing it the other day it like it I don't know how I'd cope with it live because it is fun it is high energy but it knackers my throat when you get to still working on actualization like when you like doing that every now and again it's just like <laughs> oh <laughs> my poor throat well Ow. if anyone can do it it's you you can you can bring out the punk uh, you say that, I'm not actually that punk. I'm just an idiot who likes bad songs. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the title. <laughs> it very much could be. 
Yeah, but there's like there's I like it. There's nothing more to say about it. It's probably my second favorite after I connected you. Fair so. enough. Sounds good. Uh, now, lost and out of love. That is your third song this season. Lord, if you answer prayers like mine, would you care to take the time to remind me that I'm lost and out of love? I'll wait for your words to come through me while I wonder if God is watching over us from someplace up above. Yeah, this one was, um, I think this one came up pretty naturally. And to be honest with you, I don't know why, but I forgot it was a weekly song. I thought it was one I wrote out of um, season or something like that. Um, and I think, that, actually, no, I think I do know why that is, because it's, it came so naturally and so easy that there wasn't the normal sort of like, uh, like stressing out about, oh, no, it's day five. I've got to write it by day seven. It just came quite easily. And um, It's nice when that happens, isn't it? It's rare, but it's nice, yeah. And it just kind of came out. Uh, quite you know quite quite easily and um it's one where the chords seem to imply the melody pretty well and um and again one that i just sort of sent off to um to a drummer and uh you play bass on this one as well That was an interesting one to try and play bass to, like to try and find the right rhythm on it. Uh, I bet. Because you've got to keep it simple because there's no room for being too over the top. But at the same time, you're just thinking like, but I could put a run in here and it could be really cool. No, no, stop. <laughs> but Yeah, I really like that one. I can't wait to hear the full version. Cheers. This is going to be my comment for most of them. So <laughs> get used to it. So uh, week four, episode 85, um, you had the song Waits Another Night. There's a love somewhere in these eyes Forbidden by a shy They don't hope and they would not dare For lucky I'm the only matching I like it. I, I don't know that it suits my voice is the only thing I'm thinking like is in terms of production because uh, it's very much that hey, and the happiest way to never night. You kind of want like a sort of Debbie Harry on Heart of Glass, that airy toppiness, which my voice doesn't really have. But I, I kind of like the chords because it doesn't, it's so ambiguous in the verses, especially that I, I want to do something with it. But I don't know what. Well, I I don't know. I, I think it's a great song, and I think you definitely got to do something with it. Feel free to tell me to cut this part out, but um, you just gave me like this kind of uh, I just started to imagine like if you did a project with a really great um female singer, De- very Debbie Harry style, you know, where these more like top endy song, uh, top end of the register songs would be orchestrated and arranged and played by you, but um, some fantastic female singer would actually sing the leads on on those higher songs. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. I just I just don't know any uh, that would want to work with me. 
is the sad truth of the matter. Uh, like I've been trying to form a band up here for like about a year and a half, and I can't get anyone to agree to it. So, but what about um, a recording project? <clears throat> you could find like thousands of people online. It's a thought, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's just just a thought. Yeah, it's just it's, it's, to me. It, well, the thing is, I I'd love to do that. I'd love to work with like great singers and a thing and like. My favourite part of the recording process is always doing the instruments. I hate the singing because I'm not very good at it. But it's finding the right singer. Like, I, I could, like, go on to Fiverr or I could, like, scout the internet and say, look, I'm looking for a Debbie Harry-type singer to do these songs for me. But I'd rather it be someone that I actually know. That makes sense. It does make sense, yeah. I suppose I'm... I suppose I'm much more of the mentality of just whoever's best for the job, um, but that's for my own stuff, and that wouldn't be for me to say for anybody else. Well, like, they've got to be good for the job as well, but like, uh, like if you're going to be doing a project like that, you've got to know the person in some way, shape, or form, at least in my view. Even if that's like mm. an online relationship that you've had before, rather than like going out for the explicit purpose of, do you want to sing my song? I definitely know what you mean. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And and again, something for a completely different uh, conversation. But but anyway, we'll we'll find some way to <laughs> edit this and incorporate it in, or or not. Um, you can keep it in; it's fine. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to hear this song develop because it's a really cool one. Um, uh, let me see. I suppose we'll move on to. I mean, we... the last thing I kind of want to say about this: yeah. if I did produce this, I would want to do something a bit more unusual with it. So like. Instead of like sending the whole track to a drummer and then just using that straight, like maybe cut up the drums or something so it sounds like it's sampled, oh, but it's still cool. a live performance. Like, so you get the same bit repeating time and again, like weird overdubs or like, because that's the thing I said the whole riff sounded sampled, uh, even though it's clearly me playing it on guitar just because of the way how choppy and repetitive it is. So it'd be a case of having fun with that. Sorry, I kind of had that random thought in the middle of your transition no this is a really good point um so uh no that's really cool it, wait, wait, let me just ask as well it was this one of the ones that was influenced by the arctic monkeys being influenced by the timberland style of production of actually layering rather than the other way uh no it was just as far as i can remember and you're gonna have to go back and check the episode to see what i actually say about this but i think it was just some nice chords that sounded like uh just a loop that makes sense, yeah. I mean, and you could so go down the sort of um, choppy drum route. That would sound amazing. That would sound really cool. Um, uh, my song this week was I Don't Mind. I like this song. I really think you should go down the style of production of this one just like this sort of punchy pop rocky kind of thing like a like a Heim song from the first album like Rocky Motown or something or just like, it's just got some power behind it boy yeah yeah definitely I, I think this one... oh man you, you you've got like a more um energetic version than mine i think i've gone kind of adult contemporary on this one because <laughs> that's, that's really basically your one. default style though isn't it oh <laughs> no like is get, it um well that's not so. a bad thing 
think Dog Contemporary yeah. is cool. But like you get some like energetic bright pianos, like a couple of guitar lines highlighted and things. So I'm stopping you from talking about your own song here. No, it's it's fine, it's fine. I um it's one of those ones where it's hard to say anything new that I didn't already say in the episode, you know? Mm. Um, but you know, I'm pleased with it. I think it came out all right, and it was again quite a simple one, but with um a few different tricks I wouldn't normally use. Um, a few diminished chords in there, and a few sort of non-diatonic uh, sharpened majors. You know, uh, sharpening the fifth from G to G sharp and that sort of thing. Um, all those things kind of they're usually sort of points of pride in a song. You know, when you look back at a few songs you've written recently, you go, "Oh, cool! I used a diminished there. Or, oh, I I I." changed uh, the key or the time signature or something um that's always a point of pride and i think i don't mind as a few of those mm. um so so yeah that's about all for that one um so week number five episode 86 um you had a song declan called a thousand months i can't believe that i looked out this way it happens that I found the best today upon my instinct. Do you know what the best thing about the Sexy Sadie Challenge at the beginning of the episode is? Is that 1,000 months is no longer the worst thing I've written this uh, this season. That's I put this down as a note here because um, I obviously listened back to the episodes before I, we did this and... Um, you you didn't seem happy with a thousand months, but I was like, this is great. I was surprised to hear that you um weren't keen on this one. It's got a really great instrumental and it's got some really cool melodies in it. It's a uh, like I said at the time, it's the it's the gelling of the words and the music. Like, uh, mm. for me, they don't go together. If if I'm wrong, uh, please write in and tell me how wrong I am, and I will still hate this song. So you won't change anything, but at least we'll have had some correspondence. Um. <laughs> But, yeah, this is kind of like one of those songs I'd be happy for someone else to do. Like, if right. someone else said, uh, you know, excuse me, mate, I really like that, I want to do a version of it, I'd be more than willing to let them have it, but uh, I, it's not something I can do. Yeah, I I, I, I know the feeling. I, I Again, I, I really like it, but I think, um, I think sometimes it's like, okay, someone else can do something with it, but as far as I'm concerned, I've... I'm done with it. Maybe I've learned something from the process, but, you know, <laughs> that's it for now. It's also tests my range at the top. It deals with some S and some S sharps, and uh, those are not good call, uh, not good notes for me. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so what did the, I have this week? You had The Strangeness of Love, which is amazing. Could we stand the heat if the worlds were colliding? Nowhere to run when there's nowhere to hide. So I laid down my head and I looked up above. Tell me, oh Lord, of the strangeness of love. And I don't mind letting it all fall into pieces. When it feels like I'm falling in love, I know in my heart is increasing. That I'm bound to fall back to the start. Thanks. It was um again another one like um what do you call it? Lost and Out of Love, uh, where it just came pretty easily. You know, it just um the chords came quite easily. And I think this was one, yeah, because of course I had the um would you take the cow if the milk was provided line, which started off the whole song. 
um, which obviously I eventually changed. Um, but it just kind of all came pretty quickly, and um, I think it came out all right. A bit more sort of rocky this week. This is the kind of song that I think um, 14-year-old me would have been, like, um, rather pleased with the, um, to have written. But, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, kind of a, a bigger chorus than I'd had the previous weeks, and I think that kind of gave me a boost of confidence. Um, well, definitely the demo had, like, suddenly this choir at the end of it. I was just like, oh, okay, I see. <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, that's um a bit more of a rocker. Um, again, another one I'm I'm producing up slowly. Um, but uh, but yeah. Uh, um, I look forward to hearing the full uh, the full version of that. Like, um, you could go like a sort of seventies piano rock route on that. Like uh, have uh, like uh, Queen or Elton John style production. Where you got like the verses done on piano and then the guitars kicking in for that. And I don't. My down into... That would be really cool. I, you know, I actually thought about doing it like on piano, particularly the intro, the boom, kunk, kunk, boom, kunk, kunk, but it would just sound so much like um, Billionaire Waltz, you know, by Queen. Well, what's wrong with that? It's a great song. It's also oh, we... Millionaire Waltz, but you know. <laughs> I can never remember which one it is. Okay, well, Millionaire Waltz, I mean, it is it is one of the best Queen songs in my book. I absolutely love it. But seconded, but it's um, it I don't know. It'd be, it'd be a bit too much to kind of go exactly the same as that. So I might have to um, rethink that one. Go back to the drawing board and how to start it. But um, but yeah. So anyway, um, week six, week six. We're nearly at the end here, folks. Yeah, Episode... it's been a quick roundup. Yeah, it really has, hasn't it? We um, should so... have more coffee on these roundups. We go through them like a million miles a second. We really do. Um, so week six was episode eighty-seven, um, and this did 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 I put down as um your best lyric of the season, which I I really like the lyrics here. Um, your song was called "It's Just How I Am." Thinking about my eyes and how they both have broken down. They minus four in each of them, no longer are they sound. It saddens me to think for the things they haven't seen, but it's my own damn fault for sitting too close to the screen. I don't like that title. I'm going to have to change that title if I ever do something with it. The song itself, though, is like this nice daft bit of fun, um, which is all considering the, um, <laughs> the, the lyric. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, I want to do something with this. I don't know exactly where it would fit. But I've got some ideas. They are stewing upon my brain. Um, but again, it's like production. Thing. How the hell do you do it? <laughs> I mean, this one you could take in so many different directions. You could take it, you know, just piano and vocal, Tim Minchin sort of style, or you could kind of go. Yes, yeah. Oh, you know, you could go in many different directions with this one. You could really kind of produce it up to be huge at certain points and really quiet at other points. But I mean, it is that's just a testament to the potential of the production. So, it shows it's a good song. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was, I'm happy with this one. This one is still sticking okay in my brain. Talking of good songs, Roger, you had a song this week. What was it called? I believe it was called the Only One. Make sure it's a singular. Yes. 
Summer, but it's alright. Slain as I step into the spotlight. Oh, I could make a living as a missionary running from the laws of nature for a short time. I mean, time. I, now we're kind of in the realm of I can actually remember writing this because this was like two weeks ago now. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to refer to my notes. Yes, exactly. Uh, the only Wait, one. Wait, you got notes? <laughs> um. Again, like I said in the episode, I was pleased with kind of how it came out rhythmically. So you got the kind of like uh, thing where the three and the four of the bar is accented like one, two, did do, and just changes chord quite often in that manner, which I, I felt like not only is it, is it exciting to play, but it kind of gives the song a bit more of a signature um, arrangement and sound. And it also gives the drummer more more to do on those parts, uh, more potential for drum fills and stuff. Um, this is one I'm developing into like a more fully produced song next um and it's uh yeah just gonna, gonna have some drums probably a bit more of a rocky sound but you know i was actually thinking of doing this one kind of um y- you know you and i deck them we're not the biggest fan of 80s music but i was thinking about doing where it are you going of, with this i want to become the new george michael no. Uh, uh, so that's it for this episode of the Weekly Song <laughs> Podcast. Uh, just leave your comments below while I go and beat Roger to death. Um. No, but um, I was thinking of kind of doing the drums and bass quite 70s style, you know, like a, like that. And then sort of doing, having guitars on top, but like having a few more prominent like synthesizers, like for the bits that I mentioned before where it accents from like three, four, like changes chords on the three and the four of the bar. Um, so I thought that might be kind of cool, but not in a sort of like 80s way in terms of like Duran Duran or something as poppy as that, but like the cars. You ever heard the cars before, Declan? Oh, I must have, but I can't remember anything. Uh, this is a really good song called um, Just What I Needed. Um, I'll put in a clip. I don't mind coming here Wasting all my time Cause when you stand in And that's the kind of style. Of oh, that one! Week. Yeah, yeah. You know the one. You just heard it in the clip that we both just heard. Um, we're definitely not editing that clip in later. No. No by, way. By golly, by goodness, not. I mean, we're also hearing all of the clips of our own songs as we go through the show, aren't we? Wait, they've been. Cl- I mean, yes. Um... <laughs> yes. Um, so, so yeah. Um, gonna put some synths on that, but not too much. You know, um, tasteful sense, tasteful sense, tasteful sense, and champagne. Um, so week seven, um, which was last week, uh, episode eighty-eight, you had the song "The Countdown." to the end of my world This is a countdown to the end of my world 
This is a countdown to the end of his world. This is a countdown to the end of his world, and it goes. I'm still not sure whether that's too weird for this podcast. I I think it was great. I think it was um. I th- to be honest with you, I think it's probably. I don't know. It's not my favourite song of yours, this this run. I think I Connected You is my favourite of yours, but the countdown is just, it's so experimental and... It, it, it is what it is. new creative places with it, which I think is cool. <laughs> um, yeah, well, this one is definitely going to end up on a project, that project being about two years away at this point. Um, ah. But Yeah, there's not really a lot to say about it other than... Uh, it would just be producing it to a higher standard and working out how to differentiate the voices better and how to act in song, because that's difficult. That's really difficult. Yeah, definitely it is. Unless you're playing like a villain in a Disney musical and you can just go over the top. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, unfortunate souls, so sad, so true. Yeah, I think that's a good point as well, because like, you know, a lot of what we've been saying with the sort of like reflective comments on on these songs has been like, um, like how would we produce it? But like quite often with like actually developing something further, it is just a case of like realizing what's in your head and just kind of like actually kind of like hammering out the kinks and making sure that all the riffs are strong enough and like like you say, kind of getting into character for like doing some of the vocals. Which is some, something that's talked about a lot because most of the time the character that you're performing the song as is yourself. Uh, hmm. So it's just a case of giving it beans. But if you're writing from the viewpoint of somebody else, you've really got to sort of consider how you can use your voice to express that while still hitting the notes. That's really interesting. I've never written a song like specifically as another character. I've kind of written from different perspectives, but I've never written like in character like that so that's interesting i never thought about that well neither had i before i started writing this song but you know it's something <laughs> to keep my mind on definitely definitely for when it's produced um so this week i had paralyzed for summer well if i tried to tell a joke tell a joke tell a joke if i tried to make a play make a play make a play you could shoot me where i stand, where I stand, where I stand. because you've caught me on a day where the grass is nice and clean and the sun is shining. If I was I like this one. I like the sort of different sections that it goes to. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's probably the most different from your normal writing style in terms of uh, like the sort of genre and feel of it. Uh, which, again, like I say, your run has been very varied this time. I, yeah. I, I, I can't wait to hear how it would like sound like developed more. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely different. And I think uh, that's the kind of nice thing about the seventh week, isn't it? Is that you go, OK, I've got, got six songs behind me that, you know, are written, done. That's all good. So one more week. Let's go a little bit more off the wall, which I think is kind of what you did as well, actually. Um and, you know, just kind of write something a little bit differently. Um, I think inspiration-wise, I didn't mention this on the show, but it, it's not directly influenced by this, but it certainly plays into that, plays into how it was written. And the song I'm thinking about is Excuse Me by Peter Gabriel. Excuse me. 
Excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's weird because "Excuse Me" is on the first Peter Gabriel album, and it's that album's the John Roulette album, I tell you. And uh, when it gets to that song, you go, "Wait a second, what's this?" Like the rest of the songs so far have been so um, conventional, and then all of a sudden there's this thing that's like this strange cartoon-esque, you know, barbershop quartet thing, and. Um, and what I love about that, and probably what I will do with something like Paralyzed for Summer, is it's so sort of doo-woppy or what have you. It's sort of, you know, very, very much a pastiche um, that you could kind of like do some really strange um, production stuff with it. And it, would, it, and it wouldn't sound like you were just trying to be weird because the song itself is already weird. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like you could, it, it's, you could use it in the same way that, um, for example... Uh, Lazing on a Sunday Afternoon and Seaside Rendezvous are used on the uh, Night at the Opera album where they are just like gear changes. Song about our manager. And now we're going to the seaside <laughs> God, I love that album. I love that album so much. That's such a good album. A Night at the Opera by Queen. Oh my God, that's such a good album. But and I love it because it changes like that. And you're so right. And um, it's what I love about um, you know, some Beatles stuff as well. To go, well, not off topic because it is kind of the same thing of like that thing I was saying about Excuse Me on the Peter Gabriel's first album. Um, on Abbey Road by the Beatles, um, the fact it goes from the end of She's So Heavy, which is this cacophony of absolute noise. Just to suddenly cut off and go straight into Here Comes the Sun. You know, well, Here Comes the Sun is on the other side of the disc, but... Uh... Oh, I'm just talking about like if you're listening on, you know, on your iPod or something like that. Ah, fair. But I, I love that sort of thing where you sort of managed to have a million songs that sound so different but also sound like the same band and for me the best thing for that is uh sheer heart attack uh side two where you go from this grand like uh uh operatic uh song in the lap of the gods to speed metal to a lullaby to a caribbean song to some uh to vaudeville to trippy beatles-esque stuff and then like prototype we are the champions it's just such a good side of music and it's so radically different from each other definitely i mean i think this is something that attracts both you and i to music as well i was just about to say exactly that i mean that's just something where it's just so appealing because i don't know like if you've got an album um and and you practice different styles of writing i think it shows up so well um you know a person's musicality if they have this album that's like really good songwriting and produced in various different ways and it's just got so many different facets to how they write um but it, it helps still if... sounds like them that's the trick like because yes. so many pop albums have like the diversity thing but it never sounds like a unified production because there are 15 million producers involved like the trick is to sort of have all these different sounds but still be identifiably you know this brand or this artist Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, 
<laughs> maybe this is indulgent, but I just feel like listing off a few albums that do this. Um, I think uh, there's this band, Mr. Bungle, which is um, fronted by the front man of Faith No More, Mike Patton. They got this album called California, which does that really well, like really changes up its genres. Um, and then uh, Ween, not to be confused with Queen, um, they do that really well, um, particularly on the album chocolate and cheese that's a really good one but just any albums like that i just that's it really does it for me when it just changes from genre to genre but like you said but still sounding like the same group of people yeah like it's 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 rarely pulled off to success but when it is oh that's a spicy meatball huh one thing i just want to ask like how much do you think writing in lockdown affected this entire run because in the past we did like the last couple of last season in lockdown but in the past we've always written with the goal that we have to perform this live has any of that changed how you write songs uh during the lockdown at all yes it has honestly i never liked playing the songs live on the show um because i well i'd only finished them the day before usually they weren't hammered out they weren't perfected at all not that they should be perfect but they just I, they weren't up to the standard I, w- I would like to present any- anything so doing this thing where we're recording these home demos and then like having them means that I have more time to like polish the song you know um and I've absolutely loved that which and the only reason I say that is because it then allows me to have more confidence that during the week I can come up with something that will actually be quite well represented by the time it's on the podcast or by the time I send it to you via email or whatever. So it's just allowed me to try out a few different uh, approaches, a few different genres and a few different styles of like, um, a few different styles of writing really. It's just kind of given me that boost of confidence rather than kind of thinking, oh no, I have to play this live and, you know, see if I can sing it as well as play it and all that stuff. So how about you? I'm half and half on the issue. Because I love playing the songs live because um, you suddenly get that tension of like, oh, God, you know, what if he comes up with something better than me or like, what if my song falls down? You've got that sort of tension and it's really interesting to sort of see like how you react to something that I've brought to the table or how much I'm going to fanboy over your one because uh, I always fanboy. Because um, it's fresh. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, but... At the same time, I've recognised that I've been doing a lot more lyrics uh, and a lot more faster lyrics uh, in the uh, the songs that I've written this time. So that's probably just me getting more comfortable with the fact that I don't have to do it all at once because I haven't practised these songs as much because I only really need to do it for the record. Hmm. Um, Which normally uh, on our old schedule, days one and two of the new week would be devoted just practicing the previous songs week so i could do it for the podcast and like i was saying last episode i could have done the countdown live but it would have been nowhere near as effective yeah definitely i mean that's the thing with with you and i and i think you know a difference that we kind of respect in each other but certainly a difference is that you're Oh, I don't respect it. I think you're entirely wrong and you're a terrible person. (laughs) Boo, boo, hiss, boo. Uh, That's a lie. (laughs) Well, I was just going to say, like, I think you're much more 
inclined towards the sort of playing live and sort of like actually being in the room with people, even when you record, you know, like kind of being around people and sort of like having that performative element. Whereas I think for me, this this season, as le- at least as far as like recording and demoing the songs and that process has been like right up my street because I love I like to record by myself. I like to kind of I like the recording process oh, much more than the <laughs> much more than the, li- than the live process. Um, so I think this this has been right up my street. To be honest with you, um, we should go into lockdown every year. <laughs> yeah, the the whole of the lockdown has been right up my street. It's been brilliant. Oh dear. Um, but I mean, like the the other kind of thing is like, which new techniques do you reckon? you've included in this run of songs uh there's a fallacy roger because new techniques would mean that i've been progressing um (laughs) i actually can't think if i've used anything new in particularly um i'm just literally looking through trying to think of anything or even anything you've used more of i suppose i've toned down my diminished chord usage it's not gone, but it's it's back down to more manageable levels. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can certainly think of a few examples of diminished stuff, but yeah, less so. Um, I I I genuinely don't know. I I've not really changed that much in the way I write songs. Whether that's a good or a bad thing, who's to say? That could just mean that you've um. You know, found your own voice and found your feet and how you write, which is, you know, a good well, thing. Or maybe I'm just going to plateau and never develop ever again. <laughs> what about um what about songwriting in general? Do you feel like you've learned anything that you'll take forward from from this season, like in terms of Uh don't write songs based on interviews with octogenarian scousers. Um Good tip that. No, I don't yeah. know. I mean one thing I do want to try in the next run is maybe writing more songs to order, as it were. So, like, mm. we've we've done challenges in the past where we have to include certain bits and pieces, we have to do this, that, and the other. Um, but I've got a couple of projects in mind that would need songs that would fulfil very specific roles. So I might try doing that a bit more in Season 10. Uh, when we get round to it. Hmm, that's interesting. Obviously, I know it's vague at the moment because these projects are still being decided and still, you know, in development. But that's interesting to kind of go, oh, okay, this song would actually quite fit um, this particular project, whereas it wouldn't fit this more potentially upbeat project or whatever it would be. It's more like um, if you were developing a screenplay and you suddenly realise, okay, well, we need a scene here where the villain shows that they're doing this. We need a scene here where the hero meets this person. But we need to have a scene that where they all three of them like have this uh, like reaction to whatever's going on. So it's just kind of working out what emotional journey each project would have, for lack of a less wankery phrase, and sort of seeing which songs fit in which places. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. That sounds good. Um, let's throw those questions right back at you. Uh, right. What was the first one again? Um, techniques. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? Which techniques? Um, modulation for sure. I mean, you know, with that song, you lied. My first one. Of no the song will ever be in one key ever again. 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's been kind of an interesting thing for me is like using modulations. But I used to try to like, and I still will, but I think this season I've started to like use modulations in a more obvious way. Like, not truck driver key changes, but not trying to like hide them. And I think the hidden ones are usually the best in general, like Penny Lane and stuff like that. Because we um, had a. In the f early seasons, mind you, don't go back and listen to season one because uh, it's quite embarrassing. But Please don't. Uh, the early seasons, we ended up using more modulations and trying to disguise where they all happened. So it's interesting you come back to the thing like, no, I'm just going to show off like what I'm doing. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's. I suppose the thing is, yeah, it's like let's show off that it's happening. And I think really the only technique I've employed more this season. It's just what I was saying earlier with like keeping it simple and this sounds a bit of a weird way to say this, but like painting with broader strokes. So if I'm doing a modulation, I'll make sure that the listener knows it's changing key for the chorus. You know, it's like definitely happening. Or, you know, if if there's a bass part um, on the lower strings of the guitar as part of my riff, for example, I'll make sure that that is heard and it has like a definite um, uh, progression to it. Um, same thing with melodies, you know, just trying to kind of like have a stronger melody, not one that shows off like, you know, acrobatics of the voice or anything, but just one that kind of like hits home, you know, that is it's more, more easily identifiable quickly. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You could go, oh, I know what that is. I know what that song is. Um, and I think just refining that process and like I say, painting with broader lines, so to speak, has, has been a pretty big one for me, actually. But I don't know. I never know what I'm going to try next time either. You know what I mean? Like until we actually start writing. Um, but probably just a case of refining that process even further and just getting... Because I think the thing is, once you get more and more simple with the way you write and produce, um, in terms of, like like I say, the modulation should be noticeable, apart from when they aren't, that kind of gives... Because you've got these bold points, you have more room in the middle to like have things that are more subtle Um I don't know, rather than putting all of your energy into trying to show off or, like, be intellectual about it, um, which I certainly have the tendency to do, um, instead just actually, like, put your energies in the right place as far as writing, not concentrate on anything for too long. Mm. Just kind of, uh, I think, of, like, just get the basics done first, and then if you want to go back later and put the clever stuff in, you've got all the time in the world to do that, but you need to get, like, the fundamentals rock solid first. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's a that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think that each step of the process has become way more clear to me this time. Like so yeah, like you were saying about kind of getting something simple and then and then adding the complexities later. I've started to sort of like get a very, very basic idea of just like a tune, like a really basic thing. You wouldn't even have to have to, put, have to like play the guitar or the piano to come up with a tune. It could just kind of pop into your head, record up my voice memos, and then that's that step of the process done. And then the next day I'll actually add chords, but I won't add anything special to the chords, no like ornamentation or anything. And then I'll develop it further. And then when it gets comes time to actually add overdubs to a recording, at that stage... I'll approach that as an entirely new process. Whereas I think what I used to do is like overthink the very first seed of an idea I had. I would try to develop it into this fully fledged, you know, rock opera or whatever it would be. Whereas it's... now I think doing it step by step and being like, just just trusting yourself that the ideas will come to you at every stage of the process. Well, I think that's the... I've, I've started to write much more organically because of that. Well, it's kind of the big... Um 
sort of fear when you've like if you've had like a couple of good songs and you think well I've put some really clever bits in there but you don't realize that the clever bits evolve naturally so you start off with your next simple idea and uh you get frustrated that it's not complex quickly enough <laughs> yeah and you'll end up finishing a song and you think oh my god I, that's so simple I, why couldn't I think of the complex ideas and you you haven't realized that you've actually put them in there they have like evolved naturally but like you've been so focused on trying to make it clever that you sort of miss the wood for the trees as it were like you need you need to trust yourself that like your simple tune will do for this bit because the rest of it will come later yes exactly it's just one step at a time isn't it mm. So that's it for this episode and for this season of the Weekly Song Podcast. Uh, if you like what you've heard, if you want to send in some emails, if you want to send in some letters, if you want to get in contact with us, if you have thoughts that you want to make public, if you have written your own song in a week that you'd like to show us, um, or if there is any other reason that you would like to communicate with the two of us that I have not listed, um, please email to weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com because uh, we love getting emails and we we, we love um, being validated with your attention. Um, where where can they find you, Roger? You can find me and my music at rogerheathers.com. Follow me on Instagram at rogerheathers. Um, I'll leave it at that for now. Any other places you can find me um, to listen to me, uh, Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff, but uh, give me a follow on Instagram because i got stuff in the, in the works and uh, a few of the songs um, on you know, this episode that we've spoken about, like I said, are being developed and uh, turned into an album project, which uh, Declan, you're playing Ooh. bass on. Ooh. Um, so give us Don't a Don't let follow. that turn you off. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that's it. So where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Bandcamp, on Facebook. Um, I'm on Spotify now and I'm on Amazon, uh, which is scary. Um, Amazon? Yeah. They're selling my, they're selling my EP. Um, uh, so those are the places you can find me, uh, as well as YouTube as well, Declan Kitchener Music, just search that. Uh, same for Facebook. Uh, talking of YouTube and Facebook, uh, Weekly Song Podcast has a Facebook page and it also has a YouTube page. Because uh, we're about to go into a break between seasons, I'm going to update the YouTube page every now and then. Um, and we'll be putting stuff on Facebook when we release new episodes during the break. Um, talking of which, releasing episodes during the break. Uh, I think we've got a couple of ideas saved up, haven't we? Yeah, I mean... Don't expect be... this next week. <laughs> yeah. I'll say it now. To be completely open about this, we have um, one idea about chords, um, which uh, was influenced by an email from, I think, Noah. Um, mm. Other than that, the in-between season episodes, we don't plan them, we just do them as they occur to us, and that's the only one we've got in mind at the moment. Yes, but if there's anything uh, that you'd maybe like us to talk about or you think might be a cool discussion topic for an hour-long yeah, uh, podcast episode, uh, why not get in touch with us? We're so starved for ideas that we'll probably do it anyway, and we won't <laughs> even credit you because we steal ideas and we're terrible people. <laughs> um, God, I really should stop this coffee, didn't I? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No, that's, um, it's, it's a good point, and... Um... Yeah, I, th I think uh, all I wanted to say before we sign off is um, thanks for all the emails this season and thank you to everyone who's listened. Um, 
the amount of messages we've gotten this season just saying that, you know, people have listened to the show and it's helped their songwriting and that sort of thing. And um, it's it's really cool to hear. So thank you so much for all the correspondence and all the listeners and everything. I second that. It's really nice to get messages like that. Uh, so we'll see you soon for a discussion episode. Uh, and I think we want to do one more season later in the year, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do season 10 later this year. At some point, we'll let you know close to the time when it is. But uh, ta for now. Ta-ra. <laughs>